fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Hey everybody and welcome to big episode number 70 of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Rose Street Journal paving your way, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory even in this, the recesses of the offseason. Winter is coming. Winter is actually past. Like we're on, mm. the, we're on the flip side of winter, right? I guess technically... Mm. I wouldn't say the I mean, weather it's, today. It's cold as balls here. Winter. I don't know it's how fucking, it is where you're yeah, at. Yeah, my nutsack just fell off today. The icicles all over it. So I don't know if I would call winter over quite yet. But we're getting there. We're almost there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think officially winter ends in like five or six days. No, like two weeks, something like that. But it, it is stays like lighter at least past like three o'clock now, which is nice. It used yeah. to be like dark by two thirty. Yeah, really, is true. hell when it's like that. Huh? Yeah, it's, this is brutal. This is brutal. And I mean, you know, you're ten months away from Christmas, so like, there's not there's not much. Good that's coming to this football's over but we're going to keep you light on your feet fantasy football wise we got the 2019 nfl free agency fantasy preview coming at you Hell i was going to yeah. say live but i guess technically when they hear this it won't be live i'm your host night the truth jones with me as always the wolf of rotor street himself how you doing wolf Hey, it's always one of my favorite times of the year when free agency starts. Because then you know, as you said, winter's almost over. Game of Thrones is almost back. Uh, For like it's a, a real month. fantasy. Movie. I know, man. I can't. I can't wait. I've been just like that's been killing my fantasy productivity lately. Is I keep reading every little article that pops up about like, have you been reading the battle scene? It's going to be like ninety minutes long, and yep. the most epic, long-standing battle scene of all of film, whether movies or shows. All that stuff's got me. You just fired up beyond belief. But, of course, free agency is a, a close second to Thrones right now because some real meaningful stuff's going to happen here. We're through the coaching change stuff. I feel like we covered that pretty well, pretty in-depth. And now it's time to preview these free agents before they and, start hitting next week. And huge, huge breaking news. Uh, I'm, of course, sure that you're referring to Case Keenum going to the Washington uh, uh, professional football team. Enormous, In exchange yeah, wow. for, I think, I want to say like a sixth-round pick or something like that. They, they swapped like sixth- and seventh-round picks. Yeah, just enormous, enormous yeah. news. Seismic right. quakes through so, the rotosphere, yeah. If you're a Redskins fan, uh, you know, obviously start sizing up your trophy case because I'd say, <laughs> I'd say that you got this yeah. as good as one. What are you drinking? Is mm-hmm. that is that that mead you were talking about? No, not me tonight. This is actually a limited release. It's called Main Beer Dinner. I, you probably had Main Beer Co. at some point, but they only release dinner like once a year. And we just happened to be in Portland, lucky enough, the time of year that they release dinner. So I bought like three cases, just been chugging it. It's unbelievable beer. It's a large so, bottle. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's a nice like nine percenter. Yeah. I've been sipping this while we're trying to fight through our our technical difficulties. So I think I'm nice and wired up for this nice. show. Nice. Well, I'm you should be you should be well lubed for this one. Uh, yeah. We got Always two aims nice today. Lube. Right. I know. Yeah. We love lube. Uh, we're gonna preview the top value holes. You love value holes. The drunker you get, the more you love your value holes. Mm. Um, uh, and obviously those hills those uh, holes need filling. So we're gonna yeah. talk about like what we're gonna stick in those holes. Um, And then our second aim, of course, we're going to preview the top six uh, free agents. Uh, We're going to go in-depth on the top six, and then after that we'll rapid fire. Because there's obviously a lot more than six, um, Mm -hmm. but, you know, this is only an hour-long podcast at the most. So we're still going to hit you with a ton of info. All right, we're going to get right into the value hole conversation. Um, You want to define value hole for everybody real quick? Because, I mean, it sounds dirty as hell. 
Um, yeah, it's I mean, not we're talking about lube, right? Right in the lube, transition to value. In, right. You got to fill those yeah. holes. Uh, no, it's one of my favorite glossary terms, especially this time of the year, because the way we look at it, it describes just a seemingly open depth chart spot that carries some significant fancy value to whoever ends up filling it, whether it's a draft, whether it's a free agent. Uh, it, it's going to come with some serious fancy value, whoever fills this perceived depth chart opening. Uh, we judge those based on the available usage there, the surrounding talent, and then also the coaching scheme, where this talent is going to fill. Those are the three factors that go into it. And there's some really valuable spots out there right now. Most often it kind of goes to the backfields. You know, running backs often have the most success on their new teams. Rookie running backs often come in and just have the biggest impact of all the, the rookie positions. But it could be a, a wide receiver <laughs> with a, a significant aerial pie open to him, especially if it's different out by a, a tasty QB chef, as I like to call it. Uh, so that, you know, whether it's a receiving opening, and this year we have a bunch of receiver openings, yep. not a whole ton of wide receiver talent to fill it, as we're going to preview later. Uh, more so wide receiver openings than running backs, but there's a much heavier running back crop available this year, and there are some interesting spots for them to go to. So yeah, we got some great value holes that need some serious filling this year. I'm very excited about to, who's going to go in there. All right, we're going to fill, uh, we're going to hit the value holes by tier. Tier one is you could find yourself with an RB1 or a wide receiver one, fantasy-wise, like if you threw the right talent in there. The obvious one, and I mean, I knew this before I even looked at your list, a great example of a value hole is Chiefs running back. And obviously Absolutely. the departure of Kareem Hunt left kind of a vacuum or a black hole, uh, a void, if you will. And, you know, then we plug in Damian Williams last year. He filled the value hole, and we've talked about this at length even just in the last few podcasts uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's an RB1. He, he is an absolute RB1. And assuming he hangs on to that job, uh, you know, we don't see any reason to believe he's not going to still be an RB1. But let's talk about that value hole and some of the guys that could potentially fill it and and absolutely blow up. Uh, even if maybe someone of a Le'Veon Bell, who I'm sure you're going to talk about stature, may not even be necessary to uh, to fill that hole. Right. I mean, nobody's really necessary. You could go in there, Nat, and fill that could, hole and probably, probably score 10 yards. touchdowns. Right. Yeah, seriously. Damian Williams, a pedestrian talent, maybe better than average, better than I expected him to be. As we've talked about at length, I think we've talked about this guy more than anyone else to begin 2019. Probably, yeah. Scored 10 touchdowns in six weeks, was on pace for the most fantasy points, 353.6 total fantasy points as the starting running back. Was an absolute monster, 22 points per game. And that's, again, as a, a maybe a slightly above average average talent surprised me but still no you know world beater Damian Williams so and again that's part of Andy Reid just riding one workhorse that's part of of course being in a Patrick Mahomes led offense that's going to light up scoreboards every single week only getting better and they rumored originally especially after last week we talked about how it was Damian Williams job to lose according to their GM but now some latest reports are coming out that they're still looking to add on offense shockingly no matter how many defensive needs they they have they want want to be even more uh, explosive as an offense. And Jason LaConforma, this is where the report comes from, is mentioning that Le'Veon Bell is being tossed around Kansas City right now. He even posted a video, Bell himself, saying, Kansas City, come get me. Like, I've heard the rumors. <laughs> Man, like, 
if that happens, how valuable this spot is, how valuable Damian Williams was. Again, the number one overall fantasy player pace for Damian Williams. Imagine what Le'Veon Bell, the total every down threat, could do in this offense. The most versatile workhorse off of 406 touches just two seasons ago. He was so damn good in the Steelers offense. There's maybe only one spot he'd be better, and that's the Chiefs. So he would go right up to my number one overall player. Whoever is that guy, whether it's Damian Williams, Mark Ingram, whoever ends up filling the spot will be a first rounder in my opinion. It's just a matter of how high up are they going to be. Agree completely. Um, now the next one you've got in this same tier, and uh, you and I have disagreed from time to time on this. You got the Buccaneers lead running back um, just behind the Chiefs. You you think that that is a, a you know that's a blow up potential position in the backfield. I really do, and mostly because of Bruce Arians coming in there, the new head coach, has that history, especially you look at like David Johnson. When he gets a powerful big back that it can be used as a receiver, the results, the sky is completely the limit. 2,100 yards, 20 TDs, 80 catches for David Johnson as Bruce Arians' lead guy. And this offense drips in that firepower with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Uh, the receiving core otherwise might be a little bit in shake right now, whether Deshaun Jackson's coming back or not. Adam Humphrey's a free agent, but you got OJ. Howard runs like a 4-4 faster than Mike Evans at 260. They're explosive all over the place. I get Jameis Winston has his inconsistencies, but he can sling the rock, and if Arians is the QB whisperer, I believe him to be, I really think you know Winston himself is going to take a huge step forward. This overall offense is going to become that much better, which then in turn, whoever that lead back is, Arians does prefer a versatile guy he can keep in and just ride for 300-ish touches. If that is a Le'Veon Bell, a Mark Ingram, they're going to be a RB1. They're going to be worth Bell, a first-rounder. Ingram, probably a mid-second if he goes there. Or some other talent, maybe an exciting rookie like Josh Jacobs or something of that nature. Either way, I think that opening the line, yeah, it's shaky, but Kansas City's line is shaky too. If you can have boxes that lightly stacked because everything else around them is so explosive, it doesn't matter how great your line is. Hopefully they make some upgrades there too, but I really like the volume that Arians feeds his, his guys and the explosive surrounding talent that's around there. Yeah, all right. Well, here's one that where we do agree. Uh, Browns wide receiver one. I mean, that just seems to be asking for it. You know, we thought at the very beginning, it seems like so long ago now, that Josh Gordon was going to fill that role uh, as their explosive guy. They brought in Jarvis Landry. Uh, obviously, you and I both went all in on him. He may have cost me uh, the playoffs, maybe even the title. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. A lot of people got burned on Jarvis. Seems like he's more of a number two, like a possession yep. guy. They don't have Josh Gordon, of course. Who know, who the hell knows what's going on with him? But, man, if they did pick up a Josh Gordon-ish type guy, and, I mean, there's even guys better than him that are available, at least one that comes to mind who's kind of crazy in his own right, um, this could definitely be a huge production position, and you could see a fantasy wide receiver one coming out of here easily. doesn't take much imagination to see that. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. I mean, you start with the surrounding talent. Baker Mayfield, clearly the most exciting young QB in the game right now outside of Mahomes. Year one as a rookie, when he finally got that right play calling, really took off 4,500 yard, 32 touchdown pace under Freddie Kitchens, who just happens to be their head coach right now, yeah. who just happened to bring in Todd Munkin as his offensive coordinator, who just happened to call so many air raid staples with the Buccaneers that they led the league in passing yardage, even with a rotation of shitty Ryan Fitzpatrick and erratic 
Jameis Winston. So, I mean, that's just overall scheme right there between Kitchens and Munkins, just amazing play calling, Baker's ascension, and then a wide-open aerial pie. Yes, Landry will command a heavy portion of it as a number two, as an intermediate threat, as a great run-after-the-catch guy. He's going to have his role, but he isn't a number one. We've learned that pretty clearly this year. His role is limited. His skill set's limited. And when you try to type him into a number one type role, he just doesn't fit it. So if they get that big-bodied alpha-style guy that can run an entire route tree and just dominate on every layer of the field with Munkin and and Kitchens calling the plays and Baker slinging the passes, it's going to be a sight of beauty. And we've got the rumors already that they're interested in in, uh, not Antonio Brown. They've already come out and said we're not trading him in division, but Odell Beckham. All these dots are starting to get connected that Beckham could land there. All these rumors swirling that the Browns are making a humongous move. There's rumored packages they've started to offer him that the Giants apparently laughed at, but at least the communication is there. They've established that bridge. They've established that interest. And we know Landry and Beckham, LSU boys, Baker and, and Beckham have become friends through the offseason. Sure. Man, what a, what a fit that would be. I know neither one of us are that high on Beckham right now because he's trapped to Eli Manning in a shitty overall offense. Mm-hmm. But if he goes to the Browns with these play callers and with Baker throwing it to him, my God, he'd go right back into my top three wide receiver conversation. Yeah, I might be kind of in a weird way coming around on Beckham, actually. And you're the like, lowest on Beckham, I, I think. I am, <laughs> which is why people need to recognize and take this seriously, because I feel like I've been, at least the last two or three years, I've been kind of more on the side of right with Beckham than the general public. You know, he has consistently, I feel like, underperformed at least a little bit, and sometimes a lot due to injury. Um, I don't know. He, I, he's a great talent. I heard they did make him make an offer for him, and it was not, you know, anywhere right. near. They good laughed enough. it off right. the they, table, but right. Okay. So at least anyway. they're talking. Yeah, they're talking. I'd love to see him go there, I, and I, I'd love to become a Beckham fan. I'm just, yeah. I just haven't been able to convince myself to do it lately. All right, Forty ers wide receiver one. That is a value hole, man. That seems like a real speculative one. I mean, I can see how, yeah, this could pan out and this could be a huge thing. But, I mean, everything that we were looking for from the 49ers, you know, from from the Jarek McKinnon, you know, rising to the Jimmy G to, like, the Marquise Goodwin, I mean, it was all speculative and none of it worked mm-hmm. out. And, I mean, obviously injuries, the biggest part of that. Yeah. But we're, we're going to go all in again for another season? If especially if it's filled with an elite talent, like I've already pretty much gone all in on Dante Pettis, assuming he's going to be the guy. But if he's not, we know Shanahan Peppers is number one guy with target after target. It is a pretty wide open depth chart. If Pettis is your number one guy and he's a guy that's often injured as a rookie, couldn't stay on the field, dominated for those stretches. But it was only a four to five game stretch and was banged up otherwise. And that was catching passes from Nick Mullen. So if you get Jimmy G back, you get this play caller in Shanahan. It's similar to the Browns. It's like Browns light. <laughs> You got an ascending yeah, quarterback, a, a exactly great play right. caller, and a wide open target share. So whoever is that number one guy, whether it's Pettis or whether they end up drafting or bringing in, they're very rumored to. They're very tied to Odell Beckham in these rumors as well. So whether they're the ones that get him or they draft a guy, whatnot, that is a wide open depth chart with a great play caller and a great quarterback, uh, just ascending and on the rise. I could see some huge value coming there. Yeah, I could see it. I could also see it becoming a disaster again. But I hear what you're saying. Uh, this one's not anywhere near as sexy, but the Ravens running back, uh, you know, whoever, mm-hmm. if they were to, God forbid, choose like a lead back and actually go all in with them instead of mm-hmm. like, you know, a four person merry go round, 
Um, you know, the, the Ravens run the hell out of the ball. So if they actually picked somebody and were like, this is going to be our guy and, and went all workhorse in on him, then I, I could totally see this being a big deal. I could see somebody getting a good deal on whoever this ends up being because I, for one, would be hard-pressed to just go all in with a really, really high pick on a Ravens running back unless I saw something in the preseason or heard enough from the coach to convince me, yeah, this is the guy. I know, but then you take a look at Greg Roman, who's been promoted to their offensive coordinator, and he's just been insanely productive when it comes to the run game. He's got six seasons calling plays, four were with San Fran, two were with Buffalo, and all six of those teams were within the top ten in rush attempts and rush yards, all six of them. There was not a single one that faltered in the top ten. Every single one of those teams, except one of them, had at least one 1,000-yard rusher, and the one that didn't was LaShawn McCoy, who was dominating, and then he got hurt after 11 or 12 games so he was on yep. pace to go for 1300 1400 rushing yards as well so every single lead guy has been a monster there twice greg roman's teams have led the league in rushing touchdowns yeah. as well and he's just always been a master when he has a mobile quarterback he had colin kaepernick for those four seasons in san fran he had tyrod taylor in buffalo and now you get lamar jackson who's probably a better athlete than either of those guys it's going to be amazing those run those cutback lanes that get opened up when you got a mobile threat at quarterback and you you got to account for him scrambling. Suddenly the backside of the defense is so wide open. So whoever is that lead guy, based on Greg Roman's productivity, just churning these number one running backs, these top ten rushing offenses, I'll really believe in. Even if it's just Gus Edwards, give me him as a, a mid round guy that I think yeah, could really like explode us. as an RB one. I love the bus, but there are rumors that Le'Veon Bell is interested there. They're really tied to Mark Ingram as well. So either of those two guys would obviously be monsters but I really think even the bus in this scheme it's been so well, historically productive could be a beast I agree with you but I mean you said it yourself you just said a mid-round guy even if it's just Gus I mean it's like yeah no one I think someone could get a, a real steal because I mean mid-round guy yeah. if you're talking about like you know the Ravens number one back and ends up being a workhorse and you snag him in the fourth round or something that's great value right. so uh, it's so if you, sexy, if you like can you pick said, the like right guy it's it, the right? opposite like, of sexy there's nothing sexy right. about it Gus I like appeal. Gus the bus he's not sexy no, not at all. But Greg Roman sneakily is. Yeah, he is sneakily sexy. That's true. <laughs> yeah, Greg. Looks good for a man his age. All right. Tier two. <laughs> Upside number two options here. This is our second tier. Patriots wide receiver two. We got Julian Edelman, the obvious anchor. But especially if Gronk leaves. And, I mean, what are your thoughts on Gronk leaving? I'll ask you in a minute. Nearly everyone else is a free agent. There's tons of volume to go around. Uh, I know a guy that you're interested in potentially, Mr. Tate, uh, who was just oh, a yeah. huge bust for the Eagles last year. I know. I would love to see Golden Tate go there. But either way, the aerial pie, of course, in New England's massive. you got the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady with a massive target share potentially open. I mean, definitely going to be open one way or another. It just could be that much more massive if Gronk does retire. Where do I stand on that? Well, at the end of the season, I was like, it's a no-doubter he's going to retire. Yeah. He was talking about how the mental wear and tear. It almost sounded like he was depressed in a way, the way he was talking about I had, the game. I thought because the same thing. That's, that's interesting. Uh, which is like, you don't see that from Gronk. You don't usually see that serious, just sad and somber almost tone that he was taking when talking about it. But then the latest month or so, there's been rumors he's been in the building every day, working out with the team. And it's just this interesting dichotomy right now where I don't know which way to lean. I, I still think he might retire. But if he's working out with the team, I mean, that obviously is a sign that he, he's gearing up for at least one more Super Bowl run. Maybe he's just waiting to go out with Brady. I hope so as a Patriots fan. But who knows which way that's going to go either way Edelman's the only surefire definitely returning yeah. guy 
Everybody else is gone, whether it's Philip Dorsett, yeah. Hogan, or uh, Cordero Patterson, maybe Josh Gordon returns. You think Gordon's going to come back? I would love to see it. But if he doesn't, then there's going to be a ton of targets available and obviously a very, very productive overall offense and a productive passing game when you got Tom Brady. So, yeah, Golden Tate, I mean, my God, what a perfect fit he would be. He's known as maybe the premier run-after-the-catch guy in the NFL for good reason. He runs like a running back. He's like Jarvis Landry in that sense. When he gets the ball, he just plows through people. He runs through contact. He's amazing. I love Golden Tate. He runs the crispest routes. He's just always where he needs to be. finds those soft spots of the defense. He would be a perfect fit for this offense, and he's already come out and said, man, I'd love to play in New England. So there's just obviously, I hope, at least on the Patriots' end, some reciprocal interest here. He would be an unbelievable fit, but for whoever ends up stepping up there as that number two wide receiver, especially if it's a nice talent like Tate, will come with some serious fantasy value. Agree 100%, and I'm just kind of interested. This is one of those value holes, uh, unlike some of these other ones where I'm like, "Ah, I could see that going bad. I feel like this is money in the bank. The Patriots yeah. wide receiver two spot. It's just a question of who it's going to be, and and whoever they pick, and barring injury, I fully expect that person to be a relevant fantasy player. Yeah. Um, Texans RB one. Uh, that's of course if Lamar Miller goes away. Talk about just like the biggest cock tease value hole in Ugh. fantasy for the past several years. This like I, I know, know, right? I'll pass. It's just. I mean, I think maybe that's why there could end up being some serious value here is because Miller's made such a beautiful setup and beautiful situation just look disgusting and, and unusable because he's just such a black, mediocre talent. Now, I'm nervous because in their, their combine comments, Bill O'Brien and Brian Gain, their GM, both came out and said, yeah, Lamar Miller's our guy. We have no reason to go away from him. I mean, you got a million and one reasons, like a 3.3 yard per carry for three straight years and just disgusting overall lackluster performance but hey if you're that pathetic go back to your guy but i'm just saying maybe they finally wake up and go away from him because everything else about that situation is pretty damn sexy you got deshaun watson on offense which i think only getting better you saw him finally kind of turn that corner in the second half of last year and seem fully recovered from that acl and that offense really took off there especially when you get will fuller out there as well who knows if he can ever make it through a full season but when they have all their guys out there and then the emergence of kiki cutie as well that's going to be a very explosive overall offense so whoever that I mean, lead guy be. is, it should, it should be. be. But I mean, I, I, I don't. I could. I mean, if you told me that offense is going to score seventeen points a game, it's not like I'd be shocked. I don't know. I think if I really think Watson took that that turn where, and he ended up being like the fourth or fifth best quarterback on the year because of how good of a stretch run he had. I, I expect them to be an explosive overall offense. It's just a matter of who's that running back because if it's Miller, I don't think it matters how explosive the offense is. He just doesn't do much anyways. But let's say they get you know Tevin Coleman, maybe even Jay Ajayi. They take a stab on the the line. There sucks. I'll admit that. So I mean Miller's been running into a lot of brick walls too. So that is something. I also need to see addressed before I move the Texans up into that Buccaneers, that Chiefs tier. But they have the overall offensive firepower to rival those guys. It's just more the line sucks, and it's a little more congested with Miller and Foreman there before I go all in on a Texans running back. All right, Raiders wide receiver one. Obviously, this left vacant after Amari Cooper left town. Amari Cooper, who looked like he was completely spent and then came back and rejuvenated. What Do you know what the numbers are as far as fantasy-wise, like where he ranked after he went to the Cowboys? 
Oh yeah, he was I think like the number four or five gonna, receiver. I was guess top five. 20. Dallas, there was a stretch run if you took like weeks twelve through sixteen. I think he was the number one guy. A lot of that was buoyed by like a forty point day on Thanksgiving. Yep, I remember. But a forty point day, one year a week. So he, he had those monster games and he ended up being uh one of the stretch run heroes for a lot of teams. So yeah, Cooper ended up panning out huge. It makes the Raiders kind of look like an idiot. But it also Kinda. I think I yeah, <laughs> and Khalil Mack all all in one offseason. Are you kidding me, Gruden? Um, so we'll see what he does with these picks and whatnot. But either way, I want to make sure to remind everyone that the Raiders wide receiver one entering the year. Like right now, it might carry this very unsexy stigma that overall offense was hideous. And there's a bad taste in everyone's mouth right now. But leading into the year, we were very high on Amari Cooper because – John Gruden, 11 out of 11 before last season, of course, but 11 of his 11 number one receivers had gone for a thousand yards or more uh, with almost all of them seeing at least 122 targets. He peppered his number one guy. So if he goes out and he's meant the rumors are he's the front runner for an Antonio Brown trade right now. If he goes out, he's going to pepper whoever that guy comes in and is that number one target hog. Derek Carr. Yeah, he had a, a subpar year for sure, but there's worse QBs certainly in the league. We just talked about Case Keenum sending seismic waves to the, the rotosphere. And Derek Carr is certainly better than, I'd say, 20 quarterbacks. Not 20 quarterbacks, never mind. I don't know. There was a time where he seemed like an MVP candidate. Too. He was, was an MVP were, candidate. Were I, I mean, don't you remember what happened? I mean, his team was, like, unstoppable. He got hurt, and then they became, like, literally overnight, right. like, the worst team in football. I mean, right. you know, he had a great case he for MVP. He's still that guy. Maybe he can rekindle Maybe. that. Who knows? Know. You know, Gruden and, and uh, Mike Mayock have both come out and said, this is our franchise guy. We still really believe in Derek Carr. We'll see if they actually match those words with actions this offseason. But I just think, yes, this season definitely was hideous as a passing game overall. But there could easily re- reemerge in that trend of Gruden just churning out 1,000-yard receivers. As long as they get like a nice talent like Antonio Brown or something like that, I can see that becoming again a sexy spot that a lot of people don't recognize all right we're gonna hit tier three i'm just gonna throw them all out of you there's three of them obviously these aren't as uh impactful but they're substantial and you could see some mm-hmm. some payoff for these colts wide receiver two spot behind hilton obviously the jets rb1 and the redskins wide receiver one and by the way like we said case keenum is now a member of washington <laughs> so you know that spot just got a lot more valuable Tell me right. about those three I, I, real quick. Let's throw that one out. I don't really All need right. to waste well, any airtime on that one. Who gives a shit? We know Case Keaton is going to be the one throwing the rock. doesn't really matter. But the Colts wide receiver, too, in particular, is the one that intrigues me. We saw Andrew Luck really bounce back, better than any of us probably expected. Uh, it comes in, and I think they were second in passing yardage in the league behind maybe only Pat Mahomes. i got to double-check that one. But either way, they, they didn't have a clear number two, and yet we're still so, so dominant as a, a passing game. So imagine they can bring in a, a – unique and interesting talent that just mans that spot. They kind of had a rotation of Chester Rogers one week and then you know Dontrell Inman comes in and has some 70-yard and touchdown games. But if they get a true, just locked in every week, this is our number two guy outside of T.Y. Hilton, that guy's going to come with some value. I know they love their tight ends. They're going to always pepper Doyle and Ebron there. But I think a number two wide receiver, especially with the way that Reich just kind of took that offense over and luck bounced back, a number two receiver there could have some serious value. And then the Jets running back one. That's more so. There's just lots of volume there. It's, it's only Isaiah Crowell so far on the roster. Bilal Powell's gone, and Crowell obviously sucks. But is that offense really that worth investing in? Their line is meh. They got no real receiving talent on the outside. Yes, I believe Darnold could be one of the next up and coming guys, 
But then Gase is the caller there. And I mean, yeah, obviously you had those ridiculous Broncos offenses, but that was way more Peyton Manning than it was Adam Gase. He's kind of got a committee ridden history. So I'm not all in on the Jets running back. Yeah, maybe they'll go to Bell, who's kind of linked there. But man, that's just more of like a, an available volume type of comment more than anything. All right, we'll be right back with the top available free agents right after this. All right, let's talk about the free agents that could make a fantasy impact. And there are several, but we're going to actually stick to the top six, and then I'll just hit you with some rapid fire at the end. There's one in a tier by himself who you deem a fantasy earthquake. And that, of course, is (laughs) Le'Veon Bell, who we've talked about plenty on the pod. And, I mean, obviously... I mean, this is a game change in running back talent. I mean, you know that I put him at the top of the list the last three years. The guy I would have taken first. Obviously, uh, once the season rolled around, I wasn't going to take him first. I took Gurley first with the RSJ first pick. But mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell, if you combine his amazing ability to change speeds and get through holes, and also, uh, I mean, he's just uh, you know second to none pass catcher. Yeah, this guy's a fantasy earthquake. I think that's fair to say. Absolutely. And then you talk about the ability to shoulder an overall entire offense. The guy had 406 touches the last time he was on a field. He can be the absolute centerpiece of your attack. He's only 27 year old. I mean, he's a transcendental talent. So he's going to change both real life and fantasy wise, the entire just makeup of an entire offense, wherever that is. It depends on how much fantasy value he's going to have, of course. But either way, I imagine he's going to be going in the first round. If a team's going to meet his 17-ish million dollars a year you're not going to shell that money out for a guy you're not going to hand 350 touches this guy's going to be the workhorse he's always been otherwise you're not going to put that type of investment into him so what are some rumored spots we have for this guy well the jets bucks and eagles are the most connected teams but it's been a, a crapshoot the jets have been the undeniable favorites according to some and then they've been showing little interest according to others so who knows if it's really going to be the Jets they do have the cap space the most cap space of anyone so that's maybe why all these dots are being connected but the internal sources are saying the team has little interest they're more interested in the tier two guys which we'll talk about in a little bit the Eagles are also linked to him but they're such a committee heavy team Doug Peterson's already come out and said he wants a committee backfield so I don't know why they'd go out and get the ultimate pinnacle workhorse of the NFL right now that doesn't seem to make much sense bucks the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of course as we talked about on the value holes part the one team that really makes a ton of sense to me we got Bruce Arians who makes a absolute feasting for running backs that are big powerful and versatile and that's everything about Le'Veon Bell right there I think he's a better talent naturally than David Johnson who had 2100 total yards 20 touchdowns and 80 receptions in Bruce Arians scheme so you give him a better talent in Le'Veon Bell the sky is the absolute limit for him so that's the ideal fit for me we obviously have course mentioned the Chiefs have been linked to him as well which would be even better than the Bucks. Uh, but to me Chiefs Bucks that's really where I hope this just incredibly versatile the best vision I think I've seen uh, this generation of running backs such great patience in the hole he's unbelievable so wherever he goes I think he's going to be a, a number one running back it's just a matter of could he go as high as number one overall yeah, with him, anything's possible. I mean, it depends yes. where he lands. You're right. He's going to make a big impact wherever he goes. I mean, what would be devastating is if he went somewhere like the Jets because then I could see him Gross. being like the RB12 or something like that. Right, and then anyway. getting just like unmotivated being in a shitty team and starting to quit on yeah. his guy. 
I, I, I really hope that doesn't happen. No, because right. there's so much upside. All right, tier two, man, major fantasy impacts. We're going to start this tier off with Mark Ingram, and then we're going to work our way down to uh, Golden Tate, the aforementioned Golden Tate. Let's start with Ingram. Absolutely. It's kind of like the Le'Veon Bell light, another big bodied guy that can do all, all facets of the game. He's a solid pass protector, a great pass catcher, a, a real potential three down horse. So that's why he's number two on this list. Maybe not the number two running back or number two free agent available. Remember, this is in terms of fantasy impact and three down horses are as valuable as it gets in fantasy and very rare. And Ingram drips in that upside and he's got some openings that he could fill that with. He's only, I mean, he is approaching 30, which makes him just real life wise not the most appealing free agent but fantasy wise this is a low mileage 30 he's got 1321 career carries that's right around 163 per season that's nothing too crazy the tread on this guy's tires for a 30 year old running back really isn't that heavy so i don't think this is that dreaded 30 year old cliff that a lot of guys hit because they've had so many carries year in and year out ingram's a lot fresher than your average 30 year old running back uh, and he seems as the second likeliest to have that three down horse type of ride into the sunset style career here for his last few years beyond just his own value though. Let's say he lands with the Bucks or the chiefs. I mean, he'd be an RB one there. This news, as we've talked about on this podcast too, is so enormous because it could mean Alvin Kamara is freed up and just an absolute number one workhorse style back. I don't know if Peyton would ever do that, but when Ingram was out for those four games last year, Kamara's Ingramless pace. We've talked about this before. 360 touches, 140 receptions, 2,396 total yards, with 1,344 of them being receptions, uh, and 24 total touchdowns with 20 rushing TDs. Now, that obviously is unsustainable. 33 fantasy points per game, 522. for 524 total fantasy points. That's not going to happen. He's not going to be that much of a monster, but I think the rushing touchdowns particularly, and it's some of those receptions that when he was an every down back, just went all to him instead of splitting it with Ingram would be possible. So if he's freed up, he would shoot up uh, Kabar right into that top, two, three overall conversation, especially with Gurley these days having those question marks. So that's where the the implications are so massive if Mark Ingram leaves. They're rumored to want to bring him back. The Saints are. They've met with his representatives. Ingram said he'd like to be back because he wants to finish his whole career with the same team. Not a lot of guys do that, he said. But he also did in the same breath say, I want to bet on myself. I want to see what I can do in a workhorse role if that ends up being presented to me. And I think it will. I think he's going to be gone. The Ravens are heavily rumored also to be tied to him. So I hope it's the Bucks. I hope it's the Chiefs. But if not, we talked about how valuable that Raven spot could be. I think Ingram would be a great fit there. All right, Golden Tate, you talked about him before. You talked about what a great fit you think he'd be for the Patriots. I mean, he could be a good fit on a few teams. I agree with you on the Patriots fit. Huge disappointment in Philadelphia last year, though. Huge. And I think it's really tough for a receiver, though, to come in and learn a whole new system, especially one as complex as Doug Peterson's, and thrive. I think that was a stupid move by the Eagles to try to go all in on a team that was crumbling as it was, and then to get a guy that just couldn't pick it up quite. And for Golden Tate, too, he's a cerebral guy, Notre Dame guy, very smart football IQ. So I was surprised that he didn't pick up the offense as fast as anybody could. 
But that all being said, if he's got a full offseason to, to learn a system like the Patriots, he's going to be unbelievable. I mean, this guy is a monster after the catch. He can play inside, outside. You can move him around as a chess piece and just run such pristine, well-timed routes. Um, it, he's fantastic. So I really think a spot like New England would maximize those skill sets for him. Uh, other spots, of course, the Browns and 49ers, as we talked about, would be fantastic. But Tate clearly in such a lackluster free agent wide receiver class. Uh, is the the cream of the crop here, and that's pretty pretty shitty when Golden Tate's the only real number one type of style guy. But overall, I, I really think he's the best receiver here, and man, he'd be a perfect fit in a team like New England. All right, we're gonna run through these uh, next few uh, pretty quickly because I just had a visitor in here. Oh no! <laughs> yes. All right, let's talk real quick. I'll about do my best. Tier three: Tevin Coleman, Jay Ajayi, and Nick Foles. Yeah, Coleman, I think it's a lot of hype, and I don't know if it's necessarily deserved. Yeah, he's a burner. He's got great north-south speed and can get there in a hurry. But he's, he's had those huge runs that really kind of buoy his stats. You see those 70, 80-yard runs that not everyone in the NFL can do. So he's got that type of special quality to him. But he just goes down so easily on first contact. He never really – he's not that guy that you can just feed like 25 carries and know you're getting four or five yards a pop. He always has maybe that one – not always. He sometimes will have that big, massive run. But then he'll have games of like six carries for nine yards. He's never really been a workhorse, never hit 20 carries last year. And that was with Devonta Freeman being injured all year what a disappointment that was he was held under 50 or fewer yards in half of his contests I'm just not a diehard Coleman fan I think he's much more of a committee back which is why he falls to tier three for me he's rumored to be going to the Jets they're they're apparently infatuated with this guy uh they they say they don't want to spend the bell money and they'd much rather have a guy like Tevin Coleman at his price and even there though he'd be just, I, I'd have I don't really think I'm going to end up drafting Tevin Coleman a lot because I just don't like him as a talent and I don't know that any team's going to shell out that type of money to make him their featured guy and even if they do i don't think he's going to succeed so i'm not a diehard tevin coleman guy despite all the the natural speed that this guy does have yeah i'm with you how about jhi who's burned us like what three years in a row now I know we still keep chasing that, you know, 1300 total yard, 10 TD season, just a couple seasons ago where he, again, one of only four running backs to go back to back 200 yard games in NFL history. And the the company is pretty elite. Ricky Williams, Earl Campbell, OJ Simpson. I mean, that's some ridiculous company and, and Jay Ajayi is one of them. So obviously there is something special inside the guy to be able to do that. But the knees have started to crumble. Does this guy still have it after a torn ACL season? I don't know, but I mean, maybe he does resurge and have one of those just breakout, prove it one year style deals and rewards a team for it. There's upside there. I mean, this guy right now is going beyond pick 100 in best ball leagues. Maybe he's the one that ends up getting that invaluable Bucks job, ends up coming out of the gates and rifling off a massive season. It's within his realm of possibilities. So, JJ, just a name to keep on there because running backs can be those guys that just pan out huge. I I could see him having a big season suddenly out of nowhere. All right, last but certainly not least, uh, greatest uh, Super Bowl quarterback in recent memory, Nick Foles. Um, <laughs> thoughts about his landing spot? I mean, it sounds like he's going to the Jags, it sounds like. It seems like he's probably going to go to the Jags, which for him is a, a solid landing spot. They're really one of the few teams that's as QB needy as can be. And he's going to go meet back up with John DeFilippo, who was that coach for that massive Super Bowl run as QB's coach during that stretch run. So he knows what Foles does and knows what Foles does well. He'll scheme to those strengths. Now, this, again, is more so for the people around Foles, necessarily than, more, more so than him. I don't think I'm going to go out there and say, yeah, Foles, a fantasy sleeper, now going with the Jags, because they don't have 
have a ton of weaponry. They're not an overall offense that you're looking to get a, a ton of fantasy shares in. But maybe D.D. Westbrook can suddenly break out when he gets some more consistent, leveled-out QB play and gets a play call into Filippo that likes to pepper the slot and things of that nature. Dante Moncrief leaves, and maybe Keelan Cole now on the outside is the clear-cut number one. So the Jags wide receivers, the, the fantasy impact and the, the implications here are more sort of the wide receivers around Foles than Foles himself. But it could be a massive boost that makes those two guys that are brimming with breakup potential finally get over that hump. Alrighty, this is the wolf here, solo because Nat is the most dad, dad I've ever met, but understandable, has some sick kids at home, had to go run to them, and we're just at the, the talent of the podcast anyway, so Nat, I'm going to bring this one home for you, hope the kids are doing better, uh, and, and hopefully the dad duty went well tonight. Let's get to the final round of free agents. And so we're talking here about the free agents uh, after we talk to those big first six names. The pool really starts to shallow out here. But those big first six names, as a reminder, we had Le'Veon Bell, tier by himself, obviously. We got Mark Ingram, Golden Tate as the next tier. And then you're looking at the Tevin Coleman, Jay Ajayi's, Nick Foles. Could have some big potential impacts on teams. Now we're looking at... Jared Cook coming up next on my list, a tight end that was a tight end six in fantasy this year with the Raiders. He could go and be a different seam stretching style difference maker for any team. Adam Humphreys. There's a lot of just general slot guys. Let's rifle them all off together. We got Adam Humphreys. You got Jamison Crowder also in the mix. We already talked about Golden Tate, but those two guys, and even Cole Beasley, could make a real fantasy impact. Let's say they go to New England. Let's say New England doesn't get Golden Tate. You go there with these pristine route runners, these guys that thrive after the catch in Humphreys, Crowder, and Beasley. Any one of those guys can make a major impact. They're all rumored to be seeking about 8 to $10 million a year, which seems like a ridiculous overpay, but in such a thin overall wide receiver market. They're going to end up probably finding that type of money with a team, and it might be New England where their fantasy value would be enormous. Another running back out there, C.J. Thickham Anderson, had that monster stretch run for Los Angeles there. Even if he just goes back there and he's the handcuff to Gurley with the, the standalone kind of change of pace value, he'd be a beast. And either he showed enough there, I think, to earn himself a bigger role than just Gurley's kind of jockstrap holder. So maybe he does get some more consistent volume with another zone-running team, which is why he thrived with the the um the Rams there because they run that zone blocking scheme that he was so familiar with from the Broncos days I could see Anderson Thickums having himself a little bit of fancy value in Crabtree an interesting wide receiver in his own right uh, just a couple seasons removed from being one of the most consistent fantasy products with the Raven Raiders correct sorry about that um just was a beast for year in and year out for about two to three seasons with them. And has overall always been a, a nice, smooth route runner. Could, again, the Patriots maybe fill that type of void. Maybe he returns to San Fran and could even be their number one potential receiver there. So Crabtree, a guy to keep your eyes open for. But the last name, I, and then I'll rifle through a couple running backs that I want to make sure to touch upon. But one last receiver is Tyrell Williams. We got the Browns potentially rumored in. We got the Colts potentially rumored interest in him. And the Raiders as well, ready to go all in on Tyrell Williams. This is a guy who's made enormous plays when given the chance um, on, on the Los Angeles Chargers. And now he could really see his volume step up with one of these potential explosive offenses with the Browns. And Colts, he'd be a ridiculous fantasy fit on either one of those teams uh, as a clear-cut number two 
style guy, maybe even with the Browns, he's got that big build. Maybe he's the guy that becomes the number one receiver. So Tyrell Williams is jumping up my list given the interest I've heard rumored in this guy. He's becoming one of the most interesting free agents to track and a best ball must on all my teams at this point because the upside he'd drip in if he goes to the Browns or Colts. Colts being a team where Frank Reich and their offensive coordinator, Nick, uh, Nick Serenisi, I believe the guy's name is, was the coach from, from over the wide receiver coach very familiar with Tyrell Williams, very familiar with how to maximize his skill set. He could be a monster. Then you got a guy like Latavius Murray, Adrian Peterson, TJ Yeldon at running back. Uh, Murray saying he wants to be a lead back. He's not going to settle for backup money. I, I don't think he's going to find that on the market per se, but he wants out of um, Minnesota because he knows it's Dalvin Cook's job. So he's a guy that could come stumble into some more volume. AP obviously looked much better than anybody expected last year playing for the Redskins. They're rumored to want him back. Geis, they're saying, could play on all three downs, though, so who knows if he'll settle for a, a clear-cut backup role. But Peterson did look fresher than I expected. I handled 270 touches, shouldered that, was a top-10 running back for a solid stretch of the season. He's got some upside if he lands in the right spot. And Yeldon filled in admirably last year for Leonard Fournette. Could Very versatile pass catcher. Could find some serious value if he's the one that ends up landing, let's say, with the Chiefs. Something of that nature. Other names of interest, John Brown, a burner. Let's say he meets back up with Bruce Aarons and they release Deshaun Jackson. Immediate 1,000-yard upside, depending on where a burner like him lands. Devin Funchess, a big body. Dante Moncrief, similarly. Neither one of those guys have ever put it fully together. But those are just two last wide receivers that could make fantasy impacts next year with the right landing spot. And Spencer Ware, a free agent as well. Uh, Chiefs not really that interested in bringing him back. So maybe this powerful, stocky, goal line style back gets into the right offense to have some value. That's it for the rapid fire wrap up to this uh, free agency preview. I hope you liked hearing about the value holes. I hope you enjoyed our breakdowns of the top six free agents and then this rapid fire segment. If you did like what you heard, this is the Fantasy Fullback Dive. We're paving your path to 2019 titles, and it does start now, Wolves. If you want to track the market, then rotostreetjournal.com slash market is a great spot to get your monthly market report free. All we ask for is your email, so check that out. If you want to chat with me, Roto Street Wolf, if you want to follow all our updates, every article, every day we're posting at least two, three articles. We're churning right now, baby. There is no off-season, especially at Roto Street. You can follow us. RotoStreetJournal.com is the homepage. Roto Street Journal on Facebook, Instagram, Roto ST Journal on Twitter. Hit us up on all our spots, all our socials, so you don't miss a single beat of the fantasy stock market and we can pave that path to your 2019 title, baby. Wolf out. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. At least we stole the show. At least we stole the show. We stole the show. At least we stole the show. Straight ahead. Devlin. Second down. Third down. Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old fashioned football right there, folks.